Welcome to Ilkley Manor House's Inside Out podcast, where we tell you more about the history and heritage of one of Ilkley's oldest buildings. Nestled in the heart of the town, this building is a lovely mid-14th century stone manor house and its courtyard sits within the footprint of the Roman fort Olicana. This summer, the Manor House's Inside Out programme is welcoming visitors and inviting them to explore the outside areas of the house. On this rainy Yorkshire morning, I'm sat with John Cockshot in the courtyard of the Manor House and we're going to be talking about Roman Ilkley and its history and heritage. Well, hi, John. It's lovely to meet you and thank you for joining us on our podcast about the Manor House. Good to be here. Could you just tell listeners a little bit about your involvement with the Manor House? Yeah, I've been associated with the Manor House for getting on for 30 years now, on and off, and um, my key interest is the Roman period. I've been studying that now probably for about 60 years, uh, and the Roman fort here at Ilkley is a special interest. So I think if we walk around the Manor House and around the park, we can see sort of some remains, but why did the Romans come to this particular part of the country? The Romans came to Ilkley because they needed to deal with problems up here. Originally, the Romans, following Julius Caesar's first sortie, came in 43 AD under the Emperor Claudius. But initially, they didn't expand too far, much beyond the line of the Fossway, which runs from Exeter up to Lincoln or thereabouts. After that, it was quite a quiet period until about 69 AD, when the local tribe here, the Brigantes, their ruler was overthrown. Their ruler was a, a queen called Cartimandua, who was uh, quite a, a fan of the Romans. She'd actually handed over one of the key British resistance leaders earlier on, so she wasn't very popular with the Britons. Uh, and about this time, 869 AD, she was overthrown. This created disturbance. The Romans liked to have buffer states between themselves and the rest of the world. But if one of those buffers, in this case the Brigantes, who were the tribe in this area, became unruly, they had to be dealt with. So, because there was a lot of fighting in 69 AD, and that wasn't resolved for a year or two, there was a gap. The new emperor, Vespasian, had actually been involved in the original invasion of Britain in 43 AD. So he, was, he knew the territory and he was keen to absorb the north of Britain and he sent various of his best generals to do that, one after another. By about 78, 79 AD, the governor here was called Agricola. Uh, he had the mission for two terms, actually, which is most unusual, so a period of about six years altogether, to annex, if you like, the north of the country. And he probably did this by a pincer movement coming out from the west coast and the east coast, moving along the river valleys and finally concentrating on Ilkley because Ilkley was about the centre point and if you look at uh, maps, or not so much maps, but descriptions which were then converted into maps later of how the Romans saw Britain, Ilkley is just about the centre point of the island. So they, they desperately needed to come here. So we are the centre of Roman of Britain. Of the Roman view of Britain. That's fantastic. Yes. So what was the what was the role of the fort then? Because obviously there'd been all this trouble and they were trying to stabilise the situations. What role did the fort play? The role of the fort, because whenever the Romans came to a place and built a fort, they moved the rest of the army on, but they would leave a garrison for various purposes. Uh, in this case, it was virtually a policing exercise. And the uh, 
the point that they particularly wanted to cover was the river. The river wharf is not easy to cross, but one of the crossing points is close by here, down by the, the Riverside Hotel. And the fort was built on this little round, this mound here to create a deterrent to any undesirable force coming from the north. Hence the fort and hence the, uh, the imposing nature of it, because if you walk round it, although it's not truly a Roman remain, you can get a, an impression of how imposing it was from the mound above the river. And so what do we know about the Romans here? Because as you say, there's the, a small little bit of, sort of ruins that you can see, but what do we actually know? Have we found artefacts? Has there been excavations, for instance? Yes, there have been several excavations uh, just after the First World War and in the 1960s. Uh, and the second excavation set in the 1960s left the piece of Roman wall that's behind the manor house above ground so that people could actually see it. There have also been other artefacts discovered, quite a lot actually, some of which are in the manor house, some of which we hope to get back in due course there with Bradford at the moment. But the, the principal nature of, of the, uh, the garrison was as a cohort, so it was a cohort of about 600 men. It had more cavalry than was normal for an ordinary cohort because the Brigantes, being the local tribe who had to be kept under control, were also quite good horsemen. It was no use pursuing them on foot, particularly up and down the valleys around Wharfdale. So there were about um, 120 cavalry. Actually, their, um, their barracks were in the front of the manor house, uh, whereas the infantry barracks were more towards the far side of the church. In addition to that, we don't know, unfortunately, very much about the, uh, the people here, though we do know that they lived in what's called the Vicus, or civilian settlement, to the, which is where the central car park is now. People in the fort until at least 212 AD were only soldiers, and of those soldiers we just know one who was called Clodius Fronto, who was responsible for putting up an altar to the goddess Vebea, the goddess of the river wharf, which you can see in the cross passage of the manor house today. The other very important person is a lady called Vedica, who died only aged 30, but has a very fine tombstone in the heritage gallery of the manor house, which you can see today. So lots of people here, not necessarily the Romans' families and, and wives. So were they here, or was it just soldiers garrisoned it here? It became complicated from about uh, the reign of Caracalla, who was the emperor after Septimius Severus, who tried to complete the conquest of Britain but, but failed to do so because he awarded citizenship to everybody who was in the uh, Roman Empire, primarily so he could tax them. But uh, at the same time, that meant that the, the wives and families, which weren't normally legitimated until a soldier retired, which he would often not do until 25, he, he could have a partner, if you like, and children, but they would live in the Vicus. But after that date, uh, the, the family was possibly more integrated and maybe the soldiers would live out of the fort as well. Just to go back to why the, uh, the fort was here, in addition to guarding the river, it also provided a policing of the cup and ring stone set on Milkley Moor. And it's believed that that might have been a very important cultural centre for the Celts. It was important, therefore, to keep it under control and not let them get too carried away by any of their festivals and then going on a rampage. So the Romans would have patrolled that, um, as they would also have provided some garrison or some support for the mining which was going on of lead in Nidderdale, just to the north. 
The final important thing that every uh, Roman fort did was provide one more node in the, in the network of Roman forts. Each Roman fort tended to be a day's march from the next, so that anyone moving between or along the Roman roads could get cover for the night and a bed for the night, either in the Mancia, which would be um, a little resting place outside the walls, or in the fort itself, and know that they were protected from that for that night, and then they could move on for another 20 miles or so to the next one, and so on. So it was a very secure network, or intended to keep the area under control. So we're sat in what is known as Castle Yard, and um, so obviously the, so if we can see the manor house, and if we walk behind the manor house, we can see, as we've said, those sort of Roman ruins, and it's really high up, um, high above the river. If we were if we were sort of transported back to Roman times and we went and stood there, what would what would it sort of sound like and look like and smell like? Because this is uh, has quite a few houses in it, it would smell quite a lot of horse dung, particularly in the courtyard where we are now. And there would be a lot of noise of troops parading, um, maybe complaining about their officers, maybe being told to come into line, or just marching out or riding out on patrol. There would also probably be women coming in out, even um, if they weren't living here. And there were some uh, women li living here with the commander. The commander, or praefectus of, of the cohort, had a house which is between the back of the church and the end of the, the mound, the northern, the northern end of the mound. So there would have been children, a few running around also, no doubt getting in under the, uh, the feet of the soldiers and being told off. And it, I mean, we we sat and it's actually raining today. Um, do you think the sort of Romans were like? Did they like the weather? What did they did they find it really cold here? This has always fascinated me because uh, we we are very much cooler than being in Italy. It's believed that the Roman soldiers might have worn trousers up here because the Britons did, just to to fight off the cold. It's believed also that the temperature might have been slightly warmer even than it is today, though maybe not as it's going to be. Um, they probably didn't like it that much because it was certainly cooler than they were used to down in Italy. But the unit based here, which was the second cohort of Lingonese, was actually recruited from northern France to the east of Paris. So they weren't strictly Romans, except for their officers. Their officers may well have been Romans because they would have been rotated on a possibly three-year basis as they moved through the various ranks in order to progress um, uh, until about 250 AD, you could be serv um, serving in civil offices or in military offices um, in Roman society, and you had to move through the steps in order ultimately, hopefully, to become a praetor and then a consul, uh, and then, judging by the number of emperors later, even an emperor. But you probably didn't last long as an emperor. So why did the Romans leave Elkley? Their actual tenure here was uh, <laughs> was mixed. They arrived around about 79 AD, and they left initially around about 120 AD to take part in the building of Hadrian's Wall, whose forts, Agricola, the same chap who came here, had initially set up. The wall was then built under Hadrian's instruction to uh, create a curtain, the purpose of which is quite disputed, um, but probably just to monitor people coming north and south of the border. There was a second wall built to the north of that, called the Antonine Wall, and that was abandoned around about 160 AD, and they fell back to, the, to Hadrian's Wall. But it's at the same time that a garrison re was returned to Ilkley, and so it's quite likely 
that this was both the second cohort of Lingonese and that it was um, a replacement or a, a reoccupation providing some increased security against the Brigantes, who, having not been so closely occupied for a generation, might have been becoming quite uppity. Okay. And then, ultimately, it, uh, the, the garrison got scaled down as various British emperors decided they, they'd try it on in Rome, and they did this quite frequently. The only one who succeeded was Constantine. The others tended to have a, a large battle somewhere in France, and that, of course, reduced the, the troop forces in Britain over time. Finally, around about 400 AD, either the last troops left this site or pay ceased to arrive from Rome and the soldiers would become some subsistence farmers and merge with the local population and over time become perhaps a, a new Celtic war band. That's absolutely fascinating. Well, it's absolutely pouring down here in traditional Yorkshire style, so we're going to leave that there. But I can definitely sort of recommend to anybody to come and have a look um, around the manor house and see those Roman rooms. Thank you so much for your Thank time. You. Thank, Thank you. Thank you, Amanda. Join us next time to find out more about Ilkley Manor House's Inside Out podcast. If you've enjoyed listening and would like to find out more about the manor house, the best way to do this is to subscribe. Download the Apple or Google Podcast app on your phone and search for Ilkley Manor House Inside Out Podcast and hit the subscribe button. We're on Spotify too, so subscribe to us there if you prefer. If you'd like to find out more about the Manor House, our events and online activities, follow us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram and just search for at Manor House Ilkley or visit our website at ilkleymanorhouse.org.